Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mm, welcome back. Welcome back. First episode of the new year. I'm Jahan Jones. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Taryn Finley. Happy 2021. And it's your boy, Shaquille Ron Blake. And we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new dawn. It's a new day. Trump and his wigs are gone with the wind. So, y'all, how do you celebrate? What did you do? Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I had to set the mood. You know, I had to make sure my music was right. I was listening to to everything. Some Entume, some some old school Snoop, some some Larry June, some Griselle. I was... Some Sade. I, I feel like my. Oh, you like my, some candles. Everything, all that. The sage was the sage was rocking. I, I definitely have my ambiance right. What about you, T? Oh man, honestly, it's been a really long four years, um, especially for black journalists. So I took that time to rest. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I I took advantage of the moment to celebrate by resting, feeding myself, mm-hmm. having a nice, healthy class. red wine and just like you know giving myself and like my colleagues a pat on the back for like making it through a hellish four years right Uh, yeah black folks period have been like targeted but like you said taryn black journalists have been public enemy number one I mean, it's so interesting to think about like how Trump even changed the journalism model, right? Because when I first started working in the industry, I worked at MSNBC and they didn't have a weekend coverage because they didn't need one in the past. But when Trump ran into office, he was always popping off so much or he was so unpredictable. It was like, we need a weekend team. We need a crash team. And coverage just extended because of how wild he was. Y'all, but I feel like already we didn't start this off right. We've given this meat breast moron <laughs> too much of our attention, too much of our time. We had an inauguration. We we're we're mm-hmm. welcoming a new era of democracy, hopefully. You know, what were what were the moments that stuck out most uh for y'all from the inauguration Michelle, ceremony? Michelle Obama <laughs> was the Say moment that. that stuck out most for me. Say I'm that. not even gonna lie to you. Like Michelle Obama, her outfit her hair, like literally everything was just late. Like late was trending on Twitter yesterday because of her and because, you know, of the praises that, you know, we bestowed upon her on, on, on black Twitter, but on Twitter in general. And she just looks so good. And every time I see Michelle Obama and, and she came in, she made sure her man looked good. Every time I see Michelle, it just brightens my mood. Like, tenfold i'm not gonna lie to you just watching the inauguration i was a little bit uneasy at first because i'm like shit like two wednesdays ago we were you know witnessing the destruction of the capital by insurrectionists and to see her like that just like put me at so much ease she looks so Mm. good they hit barack with the diddy crop did you see that no yeah they had some (laughs) photos you know that they were walking down the Shoot down the the hallway together, and they cropped Barack out just so you could focus on Michelle's outfit because she was so fly. So, 
Um, one of my favorite memes coming from it was how it started versus how it's going. They showed Michelle at Trump's inauguration and how snatched she came out in the same burgundy just for Kamala and Biden's inauguration. Right. That was all of us. I mean, shoot, I don't want to speak for everybody. <laughs> I know that was a majority of the country during the inauguration ceremony. I know when I was watching it, I just felt like uh, this tremendous weight has been lifted off my shoulders. The last four years has really been a burden emotionally mm -hmm. so to witness mm -hmm. that to to yeah. partake in that pageantry that a lot of us didn't even really know existed because i know we ain't really checking for the inauguration ceremony like that so it felt like it hit different this year you know yeah yeah a bit and i wanted to just take time out to um shout out um the black designer um from south carolina that dressed michelle obama sergio hudson and also also yenway Demtu slayed her hair so i just wanted to shout them out to black folks that really did that but yeah jahan like it was very different this year obviously because of covid because of the high security measures and because of you know so many other things like this being a very unprecedented um, and history-making election. You know, we got to see for the first time a Black woman get sworn in. And, you know, to see Kamala Harris, you know, my fellow Howard Bison, mm, okay. um, you know, okay. literally ascend to this moment. And, you know, of course, say what you will, like what, regardless of what your opinion um is about her history or record because I mean we could all say something. This is a really ground groundbreaking, ceiling breaking moment. It is. You know, yeah. like we have a we have a black woman in the Oval Office. And, you know, I just am really excited to see how and I hope that she, you know, rises to the occasion and is able to 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 really, you know, make her mark while she's in there. Yeah, like you said, she's a black woman. She's an Indian woman. She went to Howard. She's an AKA. She's an auntie. So many she things. She feels super relatable. She's so relatable. She wears so many different hats. And I feel like that is the reason why she has ascended to the highest office a woman has ever gotten to because of the fact that she feels like my auntie. She feels like our friend. And I love that about her. And remember, she's your Jamaican sister. Yeah, child, right, yeah, you can't forget immigrants. that. Can't child forget of immigrants. That. You should have started yes. with that one. And you know, I was really I was really excited to see um, the Howard University marching band yes. um, really show up at the inaugural parade and march in, you know, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but because we're talking about my Howard sister, I had to just <laughs> no, go yeah. ahead and give the Showtime band, the ooh la las, and all of them a shout out. Y'all did the damn thing. MSNBC should have gave y'all a little bit more airtime, but... Y'all sounded good. Y'all look good. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Jim Clyburn as well. I know when the Howard Band was out there performing, he was uh, giving the MSNBC audience a rundown on the importance of HBCUs and his advocacy for them too. So I know like in the absence of a more full-throated, you know, feature of the band, I felt like that was a, a service he was doing to, you know, put people on game about the work HBCUs have been doing around the country. And, you know, when I first applied for HBCU, I remember I had um, the the teacher who um, who I looked up to so much. He was a white guy. Um, he wrote my he wrote my letter of recommendation and asked, he asked me, why would you want to go to an HBCU? And he wasn't the only one who, you know, kind of questioned the validity or like, you know, my decision in going. But I just love how much um, 
HBCUs are on front street right now and, you know, really getting their shine and their due diligence. And people are starting to open their eyes to um, uh, how magnificent they are and how magnificent their alum are. Mm -hmm. Um, Another Mm -hmm. moment that really touched me was um, seeing Eugene Goodman, the Capitol officer who um, warded off a a crowd um, um, uh, from the riot at the... um, at the Capitol, and he saved lives that day. You know, they were they were headed into this uh, part of the Capitol um, where there were Congress folks and other workers, um, you know, taking refuge. And he warded them away. Yeah. Seeing him lauded at the inauguration, and also hearing that he got a promotion to um, acting deputy house Ser- sergeant at arms, like it, it, it was just a moment that brought me to tears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the beautiful thing about the inauguration was there were moments that brought me to tears. There were moments that made me smile, but there were always moments that made me laugh too. Right. We're we gonna get these Jennifer jokes Lopez. in. We're gonna get these jokes in. <laughs> we gotta talk about less to get loud. You know, oh, J Lo just can't. Why your girl do that? that? <laughs> Why your girl do that? Okay, so can we just talk about how like you don't normally hear people sing this land is your land by themselves i feel like that's the, the last time i sang that i was in a classroom full of kids so to sing to hear jlo just singing it like she made a medley out of it she did she <laughs> remixed it jlo looked good i'll give her that she always does she looked really 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 good but when i found out that she was singing at the inauguration I couldn't help but to wonder, was Fantasia busy? Was, you know, Jasmine Sullivan busy? Was Lettucey busy? Because, like, I'm just, I think about when Aretha Franklin and her hat sang for Obama and how beautiful of a moment that was. You know what it was? You know what it was, Shaquille? Nobody works harder than J-Lo's agent. That, her agent, whoever her agent is, has her booked. Busy. She, cause didn't she just do the um the Super Bowl last Super year? Bowl. Like she sis stays with a check. She stays with a job. Okay. <laughs> and honestly, I hell, I don't even want to go as far as to say was Ashanti busy. However, we do know that versus <laughs> is taking place. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah, I, her agent, her team made sure she stayed with a check. Okay. And no Y'all one's happier than thing. A-Rod. No one's happier than Alex Rodriguez. He just he that man is so happy. Smiled. Did you see the did you see the photo <laughs> they took after um yes. after the um the inauguration? Like literally on the steps, and she's just like posted in front of her man, like laid back on him. I'm like Y'all cute. And honestly, if I was singing at the inauguration, I'd do that with my man too. <laughs> A-Rod <laughs> said, your camera time is my camera time, baby. Every time you show up, I'm pulling up. I, I think Gaga killed it, though. I was really proud of her performance. She sounded good. She did she sound good. She has good. a great voice. She just has, like, a, an incredible voice. Yeah, the, she does. Yeah, I think some of the, like, performative aspects of her sometimes might overshadow <laughs> the fact that this is, like, an incredible singer because she gave hunger games with that outfit yesterday <laughs> it looked it looked good but i was also like girl but it was gaga being gaga it was gaga we... being gaga yes. it's her brand but it's also brand. also it felt very let the games begin <laughs> it, and <laughs> that was part yeah that that kind of put me back on edge not even gonna lie to you <laughs> And I was so moved 
when I heard her words. Take a listen. Being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, and I just really hope that that young lady gets all of her flowers and all the things she deserves. I know that her books were number one and number two on Amazon after um, after she recited her poem yesterday. But like, she she's literally a queen. Yeah, and the beautiful thing, like I said about the inauguration, is there's so many firsts. We have, you know, the youngest poet, you know, doing her poem. We have Kamala. So it just seems like the new administration is just trying to usher in this new feeling of optimism. And it seems like they're doing a decent job at it so far. Well, you know, it was a celebration. We'll see. You know, we'll see. There was a big conversation on the timeline um, the day of the inauguration, like there always is. There was a group of folks, um, you know, torn is not even torn, but like, you know, they they didn't necessarily want to celebrate the joyous moments and they wanted to, you know, think about things from a critical lens. And then there was all there was, you know, let people enjoy things, Twitter, and they came to a head. And I think that, you know, in this moment, we can do both, right? We can like mm. think about think about shit critically, but also like recognize that like, you know, this can be a little break. You know, this can be a breather for us. This can be, you know, a moment um, you know, to press forward with cautious optimism. And I'm just like that's what I. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what. That's what. what that's I, the Sagittarius in you that keeps you a bit optimism. Because I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I felt the same exact way as you. I like, get it. I was excited and happy, but then you know how the media covers Kamala Harris being the first woman vice president. Sometimes it scares me and excites me because mm-hmm. it is just very reminiscent of what they did with Barack Obama. Kind of like a big signifier of hope and this big optimism that so much will change because of who is our president. It was kind of reminiscent of how they handled Kamala yesterday. And it Mm -hmm. it scared me because I didn't want to get into this mindset of everything is going to be perfect. Everything's going to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Because it's not. It's not. It's not. But this is still a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. And I cannot. And Mm -hmm. I need to celebrate that also. Yeah. Like literally needed it spiritually. Exactly. Literally exactly. needed it spiritually. I know one thing that brought me joy, and I think that the internet collectively laughed about was Uncle Bernie Sanders mm. sitting up there <laughs> in his like. We saw all these other fashions and coats and regalia. We mentioned that, but Bernie was there to run errands. Like that was literally a check on his to do list. He had his mittens, he had his parka on, and he was like, "All right, what y'all come on, wrap this up, speed this up, because I got to get to the post office." You know, everybody everybody came with the fancy uh, jackets with the buttons on them, and uh, Bernie came with the one with the zippers. Bernie stay. I mean, he stays true to brand. Like he's from Flatbush, Brooklyn, and it looks like he's going to go from Bobby's, you know, (laughs) which is like a convenience store you could get any and everything. It was given when your mom dropped you off to play basketball or to the ballet practice, and she's like, "All right, I'm just dropping your ass off. Make it quick, make it cute, hurry it up." Right. It wasn't just the attire; it was the energy. It was was the energy. It was was very Bernie energy. Like I love it so much because he was 
sitting there with his legs crossed. He had his oversized mittens crossed as well. <laughs> and they literally exactly. photoshopped that man onto every scene, onto the New York um, uh, subway, onto Hot the topics. set of Game of Thrones. <laughs> they I even saw put him on the him... stoop of uh, Boys in the Hood. Yes, yes. <laughs> they put him literally everywhere. One of my favorites was they put him on the... Um, what what Tyler Perry movie was that? I believe that was uh, One Big Happy Family or Family mm, Union or okay. one of that. And yeah. Cecily Tyson Family was like, <laughs> yeah, Cecily Tyson was like, on this land? And you just see Bernie sitting back in the cut. Yeah. Yeah. It was cooling. Something else that brought me a little bit of joy. We saw some styling and some profiling at mm. the inauguration. Kamala's nephew-in-law made everyone know that he was wearing some Dior Nikes. And if y'all know anything about Dior Nikes, they ain't run you cheap. You know, you can get some for a thousand. Some even run for fifteen thousand dollars. Let me tell you, that man was fly, okay? <laughs> and I ain't no sneakerhead, but you know, I'm I'm uh, one of my really close friends is a sneakerhead. Shout out to Nia Weeks. And she let me know that there's only 4,700 pairs of Dior ones wow. in the world. So the fact that this man stunted on us like that, like I was like, all right, okay. I want a pair. I, I ain't no sneakerhead, but I, I definitely want a pair. Go off. It's a, it's a new era of style that's much welcomed after what was the uh, swagless, most swagless period in American Child. history in recent memory. Yeah. <laughs> One little anecdote that Mina Harris shared, who is Nick's um, wife and Kamala's niece, she said that Nick asked her if he should bring the dress shoes, probably Stacey Adams, or <laughs> <laughs> or um, the DR ones. And she said she was in a good mood, so she said, you know, do whatever you want to do, babe. And child, he chose them, uh, them Dior ones. And I'm just really grateful for that. I'm sure the internet is as well because is. that shit was so fly. I want a pair. I'm broke, but I want a pair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just feel y'all like the inauguration like took so much pressure off a lot of people's shoulders, and we were able to enjoy mm -hmm. these moments of levity. You know, it, it, it extended into the night. There was a whole slate of events throughout the evening. Did y'all check them out? Any other performances? Any of the? Any of the? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I, I turned the TV off because, like I said at the top, <laughs> I wanted some rest. I, I wanted some rest in a fish sandwich. So that's what I got. Word, it just—it wasn't giving it for me. You know, I—I just—I don't know. Maybe because I'm just so hooked on the performances that came from Obama's inauguration night, from Beyonce to Shakira. It just wasn't given that for me. You know, it I was mean, a different year. It was yeah. a different year. It was a yeah. different vibe. You know, they But tried. what stood out to you, Jahan, since you, you watched? Well, mm -hmm. you know, I had other uh, pressing matters to tend to. So I was flipping between uh, the inauguration and Shark Tank reruns. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I was watching the inauguration, I saw they had some popping performances. They had uh, DJ Cassidy and Osuna. Uh, they okay. had this kind of uh, remote performance that was kind of lit and it just had me thinking about how we've been deprived due to of COVID. Uh, well, I mean, at the inauguration, we were deprived of the opportunity to see some of these mm. awkward white folks dancing, you know? Like, I'm trying to see <laughs> Joe Biden jugged to some DJ Cassidy and some Osuna. They were in there. I like to see Kamala thucky, thucky, dance. Thucky, thucky. <laughs> you know, they were in there jamming. Let me tell you, Kamala be dancing, okay? I Kamala love dancing. I know y'all saw that. I know y'all seen that video, and it's an old video of her, like, dancing alongside this, um, this like, band of kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize until, until inauguration day 
day when that video was circulating again that Doug, her husband, was right there behind her, her kicking his legs up. I'm like, see, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be exactly. a lot over these next four years. You know? I mean, yeah. we got the video of her dancing to I Like It Like That, and then we got yeah. the one of her in the pride sequin jacket telling everybody, come on, let's dance. So she must be a dancer. You ate you kids. You should could break it down. Mm. Or break down. I will say, I will say just because we haven't mentioned um, you know, one thing that was very much a praise report for me is I didn't have to look at Trump on Inauguration mm. Day. I did not have to see his face. We all know that he flew out to Mar-a-Lago um, that morning of because he wanted to leave D.C. as president or whatever the fuck. But I'm just really happy that I got to enjoy, you know, parts of the, that celebration without having to see his face. All I could think about is how much of a spectacle Donald Trump is, and now that spectacle is permanently over. Damn. Like, just some of the ridiculous shit that he would do that's just like, you can't be serious. It's like over with. And a part of me just can't believe it. The past year especially has just had me thinking about how much dignity is connected to like the amount of time you have to lend to something. And so for the last four years, We've all suffered the indignity of having to pay attention to this person who was very clearly less intelligent than most of us, very clearly less equipped to be in that position than most of us. And like that was an indignity that all of us suffered. And to have at least, you know, to know that there's still so much work to be done, but that we rid ourselves of that indignity just felt so good. Yeah. Not only indignity, but, you know, violence. The fact that, you know, so many people have, uh, you know, died didn't make it you know we 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 sit here and we're celebrating the fact that we made it through four years but exactly the fact of the matter is so many people don't you know more than four hundred thousand people due to COVID 19 and so many others just due to systemic racism and you know these other ills um that uh were bestowed within the past uh four years so I'm really excited for this next chapter, you know, cautiously excited, I will say. Uh, we know Kamala went straight to work, swore in um, the new Georgia Sen uh, senators, and it really does feel like if progress is to be made, then it needs to be made radically and, and swiftly, especially as we're still in the midst of this pandemic. The beautiful thing is Joe also went straight to work and he's already gotten some things done from like saying, mm -hmm. fuck that wall, fuck that wall, it's not happening no more, mm -hmm. to him getting rid of getting rid of the travel ban that stopped people from coming from countries such as Sudan, Nigeria, right. Iran. Also getting rid of the 1776 Commission, which you all know was a direct attack on the 1619 Project, which was designed to educate people about slavery. But yeah. what the 1776 Commission did was made excuses for it and excuse the three-fifth compromise. It's gone. So happy that he reversed the Keystone Pipeline construction that was impacting indigenous communities. Um, there is a mask mandate. So make sure y'all mm -hmm. are masking up. I'm really hoping that the things that this administration is putting in place really, really helps mm -hmm. us come out on the other side of this pandemic and on the other side of so many other things that have been going on beyond the pandemic, you know, a healthier, stronger country, but shit, we'll see. You know, I'm always skeptical when it comes yeah. to- and, and there's so much work to be done. You know, yeah. people want those student loans gone. People need this. I want those checks. student loans gone. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I was really, I was really disappointed that I didn't see 
um, anything that really addressed. I mean, of course, we, he pushed it back. You know, we don't there the delay on paying yeah, student loans. Frozen. It has been erected. However, there needs to be more than a ten thousand dollar pledge, in my opinion, to, in agree. order to like really mm. attack the student loan um, uh, uh, crisis. Hell, mm. and we need uh, regular stimulus checks. Run <laughs> us our money, y'all. Two thousand ain't enough. Two thousand ain't enough. No, it's not. I mean, it's not. No. And they're not even about... talking about two thousand anymore. No. Shoot, One thousand four hundred. You were talking about it, Taryn, but just the need for radical change is just so obvious right now. And I think the fact that we saw 17 executive orders on the first day, which I think is the most ever is, you know, provides a hopeful, you know, perhaps a glimmer of hope, but uh, we can all predict that many more executive orders will be needed given, you know, the constitution of the Senate right now and how divisive it is, even with Democrats holding the, swaying vote with Kamala Harris, we know that Joe Biden's going to have to enact some executive orders to bring about the progressive agenda he promised the people. They need to be real aggressive too. Mm-hmm. Real aggressive. Like, I don't know if they um, bleached, saged, prayed over that White House, but I really hope they did before they stepped in because no. all of the bad energy, the bad juju, and the regressive um, uh, uh, spirits up in there they need to be gone. You know, hit that thing with some fabuloso, Joe. Listen, the purple kind. Because <laughs> the purple kind is the strongest. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're joined by friend of the show, HuffPost senior editor Aaron Evans, to discuss white terrorism and the insurrection at the Capitol. And that's that. Stay with us, y'all. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today's guest is from our very own newsroom. She's a senior culture enterprise editor and my boss. She largely writes about race and identity, social justice, and pop culture. And for her, as well as millions of other Black Americans, the white terror in D.C. not only looks familiar, but it continues the long history of white supremacy, racial violence, and retaliation in this country. So let's welcome Erin Evans and her pin game to the mic. Let's get into this more. Thank you. Thank you. Make some noise for Erin. Hey, Erin. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're we're so happy to have you. the day of the insurrection at the Capitol was a result of stand back and stand by, not only from Trump, but also from a centuries long call. And we talked about this on Slack, Aaron. It was infuriating to witness. But walk me through what was going through your head as you watched the insurrection unfold and what led you to write this piece calling out white terror. Well, to be honest, I couldn't even 
turn on my TV as it was happening just because I my eyes were glued to to Twitter and the responses and and really staying up to date what was with what was happening there but I just needed space from the moment and went to bed and then woke up and was like yep still feeling some type of way not just about what happened but also people's response to what happened right um and this idea that white people responding negatively to this the end of this kind of make America great again moment with uh, Trump's presidency. For me, having people say, you know, this is not America or this does not represent who we are, which is actually what President Joe Biden said in response, infuriated me. Yeah. You know, history tells us that many times over, this is what America has been. This has been the response to forward progress, to moving towards racial equality, um, the changing face of America. And for people to act like this doesn't represent us was wild to me. And, you know, sometimes people just need a little history lesson to understand what is wrong about their comments in moments like this. Yeah. Speaking of a history lesson, it's almost like racism has historically been woven into the fabric of the United States. And you highlight that in your piece. And I think a good example of this is Richard Barnett, the man who was photographed with his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. He was initially placed on house arrest, which is insane, until the assistant U.S. attorney asked that he be released and delayed for three days so that lawyers from the attorney's office in Washington could appeal the decision. What do you think this says about how white terror is usually handled in this country? White people who enact terror in this country are often treated with kid gloves. Like, it's a surprise that a white person is is getting enraged and responding this way to what is happening in this country, right? We just saw it over MLK weekend where there was a a, a march celebrating Dr. King's life and police are in the streets harassing and, and arresting people in a peaceful march. Why? Right? So we see the difference in how white people are treated in response to their rage and their quote unquote protest and, and what, you know, ultimately happened on January 6th was, you know, this was an attempted coup. Um, there's only been one successful coup that I, I mentioned in the piece um, that happened in Wilmington, North Carolina, where white people, <laughs> angry in in 1898, following years of a Reconstruction period where black people are getting elected to office, starting businesses, starting their own newspapers, and a group of white supremacists in Wilmington decide you know, we're overturning this this local government here, white people and black people working together. We don't want to see that. We're storming this government building, this area, and essentially taking over. White supremacists literally kicked them out of their positions and took over in 1898. And people don't, a lot of people don't know about this history. Often it is overlooked. And I think that it's really important to think back about history and and where we are so that we're not 
A, forgetting or whitewashing it or throwing stuff under the rug, but also so that when the, we're faced with these moments again, we do not repeat the same. Speaking of white terror, let's call a thing a thing. White supremacy is a form of terrorism, right? How effective do you think the Biden and Harris administration will be in addressing white terror as a form of terrorism and coming up with solutions to correct the issue? I mean... <laughs> we, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> a necessary one. A necessary yeah, it's one. Necessary. It's definitely necessary. And I, I think we have already seen like two sides of the coin, right? Uh, with with the insurrection. I mean, first, you know, Biden says, you know, this this doesn't represent who we are. And then later that week, he's saying, you know, if these were Black Lives Matter protesters, we know it wouldn't have gone down this way. So like, he kind of course corrected there and clarified that, you know, there is a clear hypocrisy around what is acceptable from how people protest depending on the color of their skin, right? So I feel like we'll see it both ways. I think that he's going to get it wrong a lot, and I think occasionally they'll get it right. But I also do think that the minute they step into the White House, they're going to face criticism from people who voted for them as much as they will from people who didn't. You know, Black women got them in the White House. And now we gonna be like, okay, now what policies do we have going on for us? Who's in there? Who's enacting them? What are their politics look like? It's not gonna just be, oh, we have a black person in here. It's like, what are you doing? What that pen do? I wanna lean, yeah. I wanna lean lean on that hypocrisy a little bit more, um, especially because this is America and that is what America leans on in general. A common like prompt that was in my group chats in conversations with, you know, my friends and whoever um, on the 6th was, imagine if those were Black people storming the Capitol, you know? And it's just like a shudder, you know, that because we all know what the outcome would be. It would be extremely different, but it definitely wouldn't be, you know, cops taking selfies with folks and assisting them down steps. Um, Now... This isn't the first time we've seen this. Can you note the double standards that you've seen in not just policing, but also in the reporting in the media that led us to this point when it comes to like these kind of riots and insurrections versus like Black Lives Matter protests? I'll even punt this to Jahan because I know he interviewed um, Aisha Evans a few years back, um, the Black woman who was in that... um, iconic photo of her just standing in the street with this SWAT team, I guess, approaching her in the middle of uh, protests. And she's literally standing there still not doing anything. And the level of urgency, at least from the point of view of the officers, is they just seem like there was some urgent need to take her down in that moment. Like, where was that level of urgency on January 6th? For sure. That disparate treatment, at least for me, just kind of drove home how pitiful the white supremacist insurrectionist cause is because they desperately want to be an aggrieved group. They want to be black people and have like a legitimate claim uh, 
a legitimate claim to revolution. But you see, like, in the disparate treatment of both Aisha and these insurrectionists, that even when they're trying to mimic black pe black people, they're treated with kid gloves. It's like you could never be me because you're not you're not facing the same obstacles I face. And even when you try to to play cops and robbers, the cops ain't treating you like they treat me. Everybody want to be black till it's time to be black. Exactly. Perfect example of this is there was a piece in The Nation, a reporter was overhearing a woman talk to a small group of people at the Capitol. And she said, this is not America. Apparently she was crying and hysterical, according to this article. They're shooting at us. They're supposed to shoot BLM, but they're shooting the Patriots. That in itself just tells you everything you need to know about what was going on in those people's minds as they stormed the Capitol and sat up in Nancy Pelosi's office, feet up on the desk, taking her laptop. It's crazy to me. It was a wild spectacle. A slap on the wrist for the largest domestic national security breach in centuries yes that was planned online right and right. the fbi had the nerve to come up afterwards and say we'll take any information as if there weren't tons of like video footage on twitter well in in, in the time since the insurrection as punishment you know we've seen trump deplatformed you know from social media accounts and we've seen a number of white supremacists and conspiracy theorists purged. We know that this is where a lot of them are congregating and making plans. Do you feel any sense of optimism that removing them from these social networks will break up their organizations at all? No. And I'm not optimistic mainly because they will find a home. They will start their own home. They will have these conversations. I feel like it was a few years ago where they were talking about Trump TV and what that would look like. And like, what we know is Trump is going to find a way to continue talking his talk and, and doing what he does. And unfortunately, there are people with big platforms that are willing to bankroll that and uplift his ideas. And I do hope the next four years help us turn away from Trump, but I know it won't mean that he will be quiet. He ain't the only racist out there, y'all, just in case you didn't know. Hello. There are a couple more, at least. You got to uproot that shit. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really, honestly, therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Black people be so smart, and and, and we gonna, we going to keep pushing forward, and, and really, that's all we can do, and that's what we've been doing, so we going to do it. Ashe. Word. I mean, as y'all know, the insurrection at the Capitol was a moment that made us all scared of what the fuck 2021 had in stores. But for me, the inauguration was a moment of joy. Like Terrence said, like it feels like a big weight is lifted off of my shoulders. So what are you all looking forward to at this point? Hmm, that is a really good question, Shaquille. One thing about me is I love New Year's. I love fresh starts. So I am really looking forward to 
dedicating this year to consuming, creating with, and like really uplifting the works of black women. We have something really special coming this Black History Month for you all. Um, but you know, even outside of the outside of work, I'm just I've just been like immersed in all music, black women, you know, um Jasmine Sullivan dropped her project Hotels, which I'm gonna mm. run through the ground for the rest of this year. Performing at the Super Bowl, Terry. Yes, yes. So I'm just really excited to dive in and just like really bask in the greatness of black women this year. Mm, I like that. I like that. I, I'm just excited about this period of, for art and creativity over the last year, I've been uh, really interested in um, like black arts that were created in the wake of the great depression because mm. i think we're kind of experiencing a time that's very similar to that socially and economically and i think that period compelled a lot of uh, brilliant art and i think this era is kind of um generating a similar like calling among a lot of black people that i'm seeing rear itself in so many different like beautiful creations and so i've just been so eager to take part in that and i think this is just such a, a fascinating time to like craft history um so i'm excited to see what this this era brings artistically oh, little, little renaissance <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i'm looking forward to continuing this project that we've been working on it's been a real joy and it's been a real highlight for me and um, this year also feels like the year of networking across and helping all of my friends with their creative projects mm -hmm. and finding ways in which we could support one another because I'm tired of asking people for permission. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do the damn thing my damn self or with the group of people who roll with me. I, I know like that's that. right. I know that's right. I'm excited for more and that's that. And that's that for this week. Our very first show of 2021. Woo! Thanks again to y'all for listening. Thanks again to our guest, the illustrious Aaron Evans. Our show is produced and edited by Izzy. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Best, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. I'm Jahan Jones. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Jahan. I'm Taryn Finley. I'm everywhere at underscore tearing it up. And I'm your boy Shaquille Romblay. Follow me anywhere at Romblay, R-O-M-B-L-A-Y. We'll be back next week. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it juicy. <laughs> juicy, bro. I know y'all didn't think I was going into 2021 without <laughs> <You> that. <know. laughs>When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.